My name is John McAfee. I'm the founder of the McAfee antivirus software company. I will remember you. Will you remember me? Don't let your life pass you by. Weep not for the memories. Remember the good times that we had. Let them slip away from us when things got bad. Clearly, I first saw you smiling in the sun. I wanna feel your warmth upon me. I wanna be the one. I will remember you. Will you remember me? Don't let your Hole, he puts it in a hammer. He used to make you shit in his mouth. Like that. <laughs> he asked you to shit in his mouth. Weep not for the memories. God damn it, that was beautiful. That was, that was beyond beautiful. I don't know. I I, I I I'm sorry. This is a, this is going to be a weird podcast. So uh, I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, I we plan we were going to do a, a John McAfee memorial. If you haven't heard, my, one of my heroes has passed away, and I'm I'm super sad about it. Hello, everyone coming in. It's a sad day for me, John. McAfee has passed away. The la- the man, the hero, the legend passed away, and it it's suspicious circumstances. Things are weird. Martin's not here. Jack's not here. We plan to do a McAfee memorial this Saturday, and then everyone everyone's getting sick. Jack's getting vaccinated for like the seventh time. Martin has cancer, I'm pretty sure. And I'm not sure that the Clintons aren't involved in it. So things are looking weird. If, if you don't know who John McAfee is, he's the guy who invented the antivirus software. He literally came up with pretty much antivirus as you know it today. But he went insane, started like manufacturing synthetic drugs to do, selling uh, shit to, to uh, I don't know, foreign nationalists or something. He, he got arrested for... Uh, smuggling guns or something. Things got so crazy for this dude. But the craziest part about it is he liked to hire, like, uh, Colombian maids to come over and uh, shit in his mouth. So that's where I got involved with this dude. So I don't know exactly what was going to happen this week, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to sit along with whoever came out to hang out with me on this really sad, tragic day and relive the life of John McAfee. So I was going to watch the... Um, a McAfee documentary from Millionaire, Millionaire to Madman, and it is one of the one of my favorites. It's I've, I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I do need a refresher on it. But I figure we could sit here and, and watch it. And you know what? Fuck you, Turtle too. You know what? Sometimes you just need to say that. So 
uh, let's all just sit back and relax, watch From Millionaire to Madman, and relive the life of John McAfee. So we turn now to the strange tale of an American tech mogul at the center of an international murder mystery. Now becoming synonymous with drugs, paranoia, and the mysterious murder of McAfee's neighbor. Hello, Snappy. John McAfee is the most insane person I've ever come across. If you made a movie documenting this guy's life, the plot itself would be too unbelievable for people to take seriously. To put it into perspective, the most significant chapter of John McAfee's life happened after he pioneered the first commercial antivirus software you probably have installed right now. It would I seem do. his legendary reputation wouldn't be achieved until he garnered a net worth of an estimated $100 million in the late 2000s before becoming an international fugitive just a few short years later. But let's not get ahead of ourselves here. The story of Mr. McAfee is a wild and complicated one. So it's best we start where it all began. John McAfee opened his eyes for the first time on September 18th, 1945, on a U.S. Army base in the United Kingdom. Moving to Virginia at a young age, he was raised by his mother after the untimely suicide of John's abusive father, who he cited as his negotiator of mistrust. He would adopt his father's drinking habits going into college, managing to turn a profit as a door-to-door -door magazine salesman. In spite of his many addictions, John was so naturally brilliant that he still managed to excel both in school and in the workforce. As John quickly recognized confidence to be a valuable tool, he used his charm and natural people skills to eventually land a job at the Missouri Pacific Railroad in 1969, where he would drop a tab of acid in the mornings before going to work, scheduling trains, and between experimenting with psychedelics. Though it wasn't until he snorted an entire bag of DMT at work that things got intense. That seems like that seems like the exact kind of guy that I want making my antivirus software. This guy was this guy was such a legend, and something's going on here, and I want to get to the bottom of it. I don't exactly know what happened here, but there's a uh, he he was extra after all of this was said and done after after everything that we're gonna watch today happened. He was extradited from. Uh, Spain. He was arrested in Spain uh, for laundering money, I believe, and they were going to extradite him to America, and then he committed suicide. His wife said that he didn't seem suicidal. They saw him the day before, and everything was fine. And then all of a sudden, he just disappears. Then I start hearing that uh, some of the Clinton emails and uh, some of the it could go to the Epstein stuff was rooted through McAfee servers. So there's something going on that he just he he got suicided basically. Is that that's what everybody thinks is going on here? 
With one line of DMT causing vigorous visual and auditory hallucinations, you can imagine what an entire bag could do to somebody. He ended up fleeing his workstation, was found behind a trash can in downtown St. Louis. It was the last time John ever set foot at Missouri Pacific. A traumatizing experience yes. to say the least. Part of him is the, convinced. The idea is that he got, he got Epstein. He got, he did get Epstein. He... He was definitely involved in some shady shit, but the thing that I respected about the man is that he was upfront about it. He would go, he would just hang his nutsack in the breeze and let everybody see what's going on. He knew what he was, he was an insane asshole and everybody knew it, but he was also a genius. But I don't know if those two things are separated. Sometimes when you're a genius, you're just an insane asshole. So when you, when you get mixed up in, in gun smuggling and, <clears throat> synthetic drug making that's the shit that's gonna happen still hallucinating as if everything to happen since is just all a part of that one dmt trip a mindset that is sure to skew decision making down the line unfortunately john's grip on reality was slipping locking himself in his house for days on end forced to cope with the divorce and the loss of another job by drowning his sorrows in various substances he even contemplated a similar fate to his father's before finally seeking much needed help by joining Alcoholics Anonymous. In his own words, it was at this point that John's life truly began. And he wasn't wrong. From high technology, the computer store, introducing Apple II. I'm Bill Gates, chairman of Microsoft. You can expand the storage capacity of your Macintosh with an external disk. You decide which one is more sophisticated. Computers were very new in the 1980s. In fact, it wasn't until John was stationed in Silicon Valley when the first computer virus hit the scene. It is the number one computer threat. At the time, the idea of your computer catching a virus was unfathomable. Nobody knew how to react, which is exactly why John set out to find a cure. After his computer was infected, he would use his programming skills to write the code for a prototype version of the McAfee antivirus software. And it took him just a day and a half to write it, and it worked. It was at this point that John had realized that with new computer viruses coming into the fold and the use of PCs by the average consumer rising every day, that there would ultimately be an increasing demand for software to fight them. John catered to paranoia, capitalizing on the idea that disaster could strike at any given moment. If you wanted to ensure protection from these threats, McAfee was the go-to. And with new viruses popping up all the time, he was able to propel his small business to a multi million dollar corporation and you know what's crazy when you re when you listen into all of this stuff he 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 says he builds this thing and he builds it into something that he loves because i will listen to him talk about the company mcafee he said that he loved it he built it into a, a massive corporation and then when he let it go and he had to step away from it because of all the crazy shit that he was doing it's probably tough to work with a coworker who constantly wants you to shit in their mouth. But he 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 had to get uh, removed from the board of uh McAfee and then the company apparently got he said that they got suspicious and they they started doing sketchy stuff. It it all sounds like tin foil hat stuff, but he said that they were watching everyone and that they were a shady company. And that, and that's coming from a shady individual who's currently on some sort of fucking hallucinogenic and selling drugs to uh, cartels. 
So I don't exactly uh, know who to trust in the story, but I, I can believe that uh, he had good intentions and actually walked away because of how corrupt uh, an antivirus company gets. Because the reason that you get antivirus is because you're probably going to uh, sketchy places and you might get some sort of virus. And those are the people that you want to watch. So basically it was just you own, you're putting your own red flags up when you download it. So it's like, hey, I have Ma- McAfee. I, I might be uh, looking at some sketchy stuff. You might want to check out what I'm looking at. And they record all that and they have all that information. And that's a powerful weapon. Workers have since described the environment as having almost a cult-like atmosphere where people would continue to work for days at a time, some sleeping under their desks just to appease their boss. That's on top of the uh, sex contests, of course. Andrea Nation would come in in the morning with a bottle of Windex and clean off Bill Larson's desk. Because there was a sex contest going on, you get points. They had a a group called Little Foxes, where they um, would give points for uh, having sex in different spots of the office. Now that just sounds like good co-worker initiative. If you go to one of those team building meetings, Jesus Christ, I can't talk. If you go to one of those team building meetings, that's pretty much what they get you to do. You guys just hump in different areas of the uh, of the the campground that you're on, and then you all go back awkward a little bit closer, but you don't want to really talk about anything that's happened. And now here we are. Now uh we're we're all uncomfortable but we just get our work done because all the sexual tension's gone yes free spirit that made the culture of the company but his business ventures were still so successful he ended up resigning from his own company just a few years later with more than a hundred million dollars to his name John's contributions to the tech world were astronomical. I used to get in this argument. I used to get in this argument with my buddy. And it's kind of irrelevant, but we used to argue over who was better, the Rolling Stones or the Beatles. It's a really dumb argument. I'm sure lots of people have had it. But our argument didn't go through music. It was more their personality. And I went... This was my argument. My argument was, look, the Beatles are still a franchise, and they still have endless amounts of money. The Rolling Stones have to go on tour because they've spent all their money. Like, they're literally broke, and they need to go out on tour to pay for all the stuff that they have. Paul McCartney can just ride the rest of his life into the grave. He doesn't need to fucking go on tour with wings or anything. So... That's that was my argument is the Beatles are better because they save their money. His argument was literally that, but just the opposite. He said, no, the reason that the Rolling Stones are awesome is because they blew all their money and they'll tell you about it and they'll say, fuck you. I made a shit ton of money and I used it all. I'm not sitting on it like a Scrooge McDuck gold pool in my house. I spent it all. I did heroin and I bought a plane and I crashed the plane and then I I, I lit up a, a pool of money on fire because that's just the badass that I am. And then I realized that that's true. That it, as I get older, I'm kind of going, yeah, that I would probably prefer to be the Paul McCartney than the uh, anyone in the, that's still living in, in the Ro- uh, Rolling Stones. But uh, the the same thing goes for McAfee. When you go and ask him, you ask this dude, you made. Ten million dollars plus just selling McAfee. Uh, what'd you do with it? I I burned it. 
I had a blast. I had fun with it. I lit it on fire with memories, and that made that made me feel that made me feel great. I'm like, okay, yeah, this guy's a badass. I want to I want to be a part of him. I hope that some of the money of I, uh, McAfee still goes to him because I am still a strong pr- supporter. To say the least. And after making his money, he was ready to adopt a low profile. But keeping a low profile wasn't exactly John's strong suit. It was a manic Monday in the financial markets. The Dow tumbled more than 500 points. It's going to be one of the watershed days in financial markets history. Merrill, the country's biggest brokerage with 60,000 employees, had been battered by nearly $50 billion billion in Many say they've been left in shock and are simply waiting to see what will happen next. By the time the economic collapse of 2008 rocked the country to its core, John was already well into his retirement. He had written books on spirituality, started a yoga institute on his Colorado property and gone through a second divorce all within the span of a decade. But with the economy coming to a screeching halt, his abundance of wealth became more of a burden than a luxury. And with a myriad of lawsuits to top it all off, he began to seek refuge outside of the country. If John were to be found guilty in any of these cases, the likelihood of any repercussions would be greatly reduced had he not been here. He needed to remain- And shout out to Belize for taking him, because you know, what i didn't even know what belize was until they started showing up on podcast uh charts for us and you know what we've been holding steady in the top five of of belize improv podcast so shout out to belize not only for being a huge supporter of the podcast and and you know what all the stuff that we do also harboring john mcafee when when uh the united states and pretty much any developed country wanted him so you know what yeah if i ever need to escape and I need to hide under a rock somewhere, and I just need to get away, check for me in Belize, because, you know, they seem like nice people. ...elusive if he wanted to stay out of legal trouble, which I suspect is one of the reasons he set his sights on Belize. Software company founder John McAfee says he's hiding in Belize and on the run from authorities. In addition to auctioning off nearly everything he owned in the States, John McAfee purchased a beachfront property on Ambergris Key, which is where he encountered a young microbiologist named Allison Adenizio. Vacationing in Belize at the time, Allison detailed a research project she was conducting at Harvard, which pertained to the way plants interacted with bacteria. She concluded that certain anti-quorum-sensing compounds found in plants along the New River in Belize could be used to block and substitute treat infections found in humans okay and now this is where the part of the story gets super cool to me it's that he covered up all this drug he was definitely making synthetic drugs that's exactly what he was doing he was making some sort of synthetic meth that's what he was trying to do but he covered it up with this plant synthesizing plant he made he got an actual doctor and stuff to sit out in the desert and it almost seemed like keep her hostage out there when you when we get deeper into this you see it almost seems like he's holding her hostage at a certain point and nobody can find anything else nobody can find anything to prove that they're not just making plants they're just looking into plants there and that's so crazy to me i i fucking love this story it's unbelievable you can't write this stuff 
plants, which could presumably lead to an entirely new class of antibiotics. Intrigued by her studies, the tech guru was quick to propose a business deal with the botanist, offering to commercialize her research right then and there. Allison took the job and quit her position in America almost immediately. John saw potential in Allison's work and was looking to produce a commercial product that would one day be used in medicines all over the world. With John's business skills paired with Allison's scientific expertise, the two were set on the prospect of changing the pharmaceutical industry, and thus the company Quoramax was born. From there, John dropped a couple million dollars to begin renovations for a headquarters. With a new business venture underway, everything seemed to be coming together. But unfortunately, John's enthusiasm could only go so far. Many of those in John's close circle began to notice some changes in the millionaire not long after getting situated in Belize. It's It'll, said Belize that his eagerness that quickly devolved into paranoia, mixed with a disconcerting thirst for power. The potential dangers of living in such an area were threatening to John. Outlined by a cryptic quote, my fragile connection with the world of polite society has without a doubt been severed. Despite claiming to be sober, John became quite involved with the drinking scene, frequenting a venue known as Lover's Bar near his compound. This was essentially his gateway to an abundance of Belizean prostitutes. John McAfee uh, really likes sex. And when you're a multimillionaire hiding out in a foreign country, what else is there to do, right? His sex has to last long. I mean, you can't give him one or two hours. He wants like morning to day. I mean, like you have to be in that bed from morning till till next day. And if you, so you can continue till seven days, that's sex for him. Probably didn't. Help. So if you've hung on this long, you've deserved it because the story doesn't seem like it's it's it just sounds like an eccentric millionaire that goes crazy. But honestly, this is where. The turn happened for me. This is where I was like, oh, this guy's fucking nuts. This guy's beyond insane. Why are no why is nobody talking about this? We regularly talk about McAfee internet but or uh, antivirus, but we never talk about the dude who invented it. I'm telling you, this is fucking, this is where it takes a turn. His, he, you already understand that he has a sex competition in in the office of McAfee. That's what he was doing. All right, seems kind of outdated. Maybe if this was 1950s, but it was it was a different time in the 90s. Things were weird. But now it takes such a hard turn that you you just can't believe that any of this is real help that he was experimenting with obscure hypersexual bath salts known as MDPV, which he blamed for his increasingly strong libido and described as the most finest drug ever on a drug form. The so-called perv powder made it to where you'd be caught for molestation if you walked outside and guaranteed sore genitals from nonstop sex, according to John. Sure, he's always been an eccentric man, being as vocal about his sex life as you could possibly imagine had you ever had sex for money prior to that or no that was my first time i was ashamed but then i got used to it what did he have you do um sit on this hammock 
the hammer cuts a, a hole. He put in a hammer. You know, he would cut cut a little hole. He wanted to have, like, scat sex, and I didn't agree with that. What is scat sex? I mean, you poop in someone's mouth. He used to make you shit in his mouth, like that. <laughs> he asked you to shit in his mouth, and so... <laughs> I've never had to, done that before, and... It was an experience for me. I think I was grateful because I wanted to finish school. Regardless, the many attempts on his life. <laughs> dude, the fact that he kept that, dude, the fact that he kept that in the documentary that they were like, well, I think I think I was grateful because I wanted to finish school. So I, if I have to shit in a, a million a millionaire's mouth just to get by, wait, that's what I gotta do. <laughs> question, question to the room. How much, how much money would it take for you to come over and shit in someone's mouth? You don't have to get shit in your mouth. Nobody's shitting in your mouth. You're just, you don't even really have to look at him. You lay in a hammock that's got a, a flap like a, like a Christmas uh, onesie. And you just, you pull the flap, you drop a deuce. Hey, if it ends up in somebody's mouth, it ends up in somebody's mouth. But how much money for you to do that? I feel like my price is pretty low. Like I don't, I it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, like like low in perspective of how much it it costs to get weird shit done. I'm saying like I could I need a good house paid off. That's what I'm saying. So like I don't even know if I if I need a full million is what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm gonna ask for a million. But I I there's room to negotiate there. Seven hundred and fifty thousand. I'll probably show up. Like again, if you if you do this to me, I'm kind of a sucker. If you if you say yes to a million, and then I show up and there's only seven hundred and fifty thousand cash, might be a hard for some things. That might be a hard no, but for this one, I think I'm just gonna shit in your mouth and I'm gonna take the money because I'm just I'm not gonna report that to fucking the government. Are you kidding me? If, if the revenue agency wants to come after me for uh, for uh, $750,000 that I shat in someone's mouth for, they're going to have to shit in someone's mouth to take any... I'm, I'm not paying taxes on that. I've paid my taxes. He paid his taxes for me because I shat in his mouth. And I have to live with that now. The government doesn't have to live with that. I feel like... and <laughs> Martin, Thank you, Martin, for jumping in here and saying $1,000. So if anybody wants Martin to shit in, in your mouth... uh. You, you can just book him. I'm ex assuming that includes expenses. So, like, whatever hefty meal he's going to eat beforehand, you're probably going to have to throw that in. So, like, uh, $1,000, a flight to wherever he's going, and a keg gift card. Then you're good. You're good to go. That's that's probably, you're probably talking 1300 to $1,500 all in. Get Martin anywhere in the world to come and shit in your mouth. Boom. Done. Easy peasy. If McAfee was still alive, he would be clamoring. My phone lines would be lighting up somehow because he has my he has my IP address. He has all of my information because I subscribe to his company. But what I'm saying is, if if he wanted to, he could get a hold of Martin right now. Shit in his mouth. Fifteen hundred dollars. You throw in a tip under two grand. Martin's there and and leaving happy. That's that's great. Everybody else had a reasonable number, like five hundred thousand, eight hundred thousand. Uh, with with me around mine, 
I was saying I'm going to ask for a million dollars because that just seems like a round even number. Somebody proposes that to you, you say a million dollars, they can negotiate from there because the 750 is my actual, that's my bottom. That's my, I'm walking away if you do, if you make it down to 700,000, I'm, I'm walking away. Life carried out by these prostitutes sent John into an increasingly paranoid state of mind, which was outlined especially vividly when he decided to take the matters of the community into his own hands. The fact that you tried to kill John McAfee a couple of times <laughs> makes you look kind of like a volatile person. Maybe uh, I am, I don't know. Yeah. That's probably true. That's probably true. Because Al Capone was apparently the same. When Al Capone was was protecting his town, apparently he was giving milk to everybody. He was he was just like a saint. He uh he was probably beloved by everyone in Belize because he would like he would be like that that millionaire from The Simpsons who would just run up and down the street throwing buckets of money at people. That's what this guy was like because what is a dollar? What is a dollar when you can pay people to come and shit in your mouth? What the fuck is a what what was any amount of money? You can buy and sell people at that point. So literally, if you have shit in my mouth money, then you can just buy towns in Belize and make everyone love you. That's that's just it's just that simple. So that, all I'm saying is you want to strive to be shit in your mouth rich. That's that's all I'm saying to you people. Just work towards shit in my mouth rich. You don't have to do it. You just have to be there. Yeah, we've got a sponsor. The lovely people oh, at Ridge, Ridge Wallet. Fuck you, Ridge Wallet and your goddamn ads. How can you even get in on a McAfee fucking documentary? You're everywhere. Seriously, hold for a second. Can we talk about Ridge Wallet? Let's let's talk about Ridge Wallet for a second. Ridge Wallet is the biggest piece of shit ever. Seriously, if you've ever bought a Ridge Wallet, you're an idiot. I dislike you greatly, and I don't even care if they if they want to come on and be a sponsor. I won't take your shit because if you've had a Ridge Wallet, it's literally it's like it's like a remote controller shape. It's literally like this, and it falls out of your pocket so easily. So it's like, yeah, it may be like a more convenient wallet or whatever, but it fucking fall. You lose it. So, like, would you rather have a bulky wallet that you have or a futuristic metal wallet that's, like, in the back of somebody's car? So, no, don't buy a Ridge wallet. Go fuck yourself. following audio was recorded from an interview with Jeff Wise, a reporter who was co covered John McAfee for years. For me, it's like, I've been, I've like I, this guy's dangerous. Now, even before he wanted to start killing people, I thought this is a guy who's wreaking havoc on people's lives. According to Wired, McAfee allegedly drove out to a 22-year-old's home in Belize towards the end of 2011, hoping to meet with a man who fired a gun outside the house of one of his girlfriends. Though John arrived armed with a black air rifle, the man nicknamed Burger was nowhere to be found. Instead, John allegedly confronted his family and threatened his life if he refused to give up the gun he used. 
past. From that point on, John involved himself in more local altercations. Wanting to gather more intel from the community, he had an entire police station built in the middle of Carmelita, a That's nearby village it. he thought to be overrun by murderers and drug lords. According to a local- Dude, you Pablo Escobar it until you die. Honestly, if you just don't do that, then there's something wrong with you. If you get that amount of money and you're just like, you're just happy living in like a tiny house or something, you're the scary one. If you get that amount of power and you don't buy a police station in Belize, there's something wrong with you. Honestly, that amount of power should fuck with everyone. You shouldn't You shouldn't ever attain that. Honestly, you shouldn't get that amount of power because you're going to get fucked up from it. Like, that's when you want people to shit in your mouth. When he was just a struggling uh, software coder in Silicon Valley, he wasn't dreaming of someone shitting in his mouth. That's not what happened. You have to realize that when you get to a certain level... It's when the flips the, the flip switches is exactly where I was going with that sentence. The flip switches in your brain and you all of a sudden want someone to soft serve diarrhea into your mouth. That's not something that the average person is just fiending over. I, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit concerned that uh, you know what? I I strive to be John the the to the level of shit in my mouth. But I don't want to get shit in my mouth. So maybe I'm going to retract my statement from earlier and say, get to almost shit in your mouth money. Because if you go one step higher, you're going to all of a sudden just want shit in your mouth. You didn't before, but now you do. So that's a problem. Carmelita resident Feliciano Salam, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. McAfee assumed an authoritarian persona immediately upon entering the village, citing, I thought he would come by, introduce himself, and explain what he was doing here, but he never did. He just showed up and started telling us what to do. He then armed the cops with M16s, pepper spray, boots, uniforms, and instructed arrests to be carried out around the area. For a while, the police acted as John's personal army, willing to adhere to his orders even in the off hours of the day. On top of that, his personal entourage of bodyguards was becoming more diluted as well, surrounding himself with former gang members, cops, even his head of security was a former officer accused of working alongside drug dealers. Little by little, it was becoming more evident that McAfee ruled the small village of Carmelita, threatening anyone who dared defy the guidelines he put into place. He imposed a local curfew time whilst his armed guards patrolled the area with police-grade weaponry mentioning to reporter Joshua Davis that he was the only barrier between Carmelita and rampant criminality. Despite the low- You know what? I believe it. I believe every fucking second of it. Honestly, the the same thing was pa uh, Pablo Escobar and all of those crazy drug cartels like El Chapo and stuff, they do fucked up shit. But what they're thinking is they're doing fucked up shit in the name of something good. Like, it's like- they're going to a place that's already fucked up and people are already dying and they do more fucked up shit to try and make all that fucked up shit stop. That was like, that was a perfect wrap up of any third world country that just gets taken over by a dictator. I just nailed it. Locals describing the village is nothing more than a small, typical, impoverished town, though John was convinced otherwise and considered Carmelita to be the epicenter of a drug trafficking unit. He wanted to bring justice to the village, but in doing so, John appeared to be building his own police state.
John would begin to show a new belligerent side of himself by allegedly seeking revenge upon those in the community who dared cross him. Dave Middleton was one of those people. Let's start with my first question. How did you meet John McAfee? Well, I met him. You remember, huh? It was a long, well, it's a long story, you know. So it doesn't have anything to do with uh, David Middleton. Well, it had to. It had something to do with that, yes. After robbing one of McAfee's properties, he allegedly hired two hitmen to kidnap Middleton, take him into the woods where he would be violently beaten and tortured, then brought back to the village. He died only a few days later in the hospital. Now, this little minor rumor, incident, whatever you want to call it, would land John in more hot water than he was anticipating, as he soon learned that one of Middleton's friends, a gangster known as Edward Mactin McCoy, was looking for him. Out of fear for his own life, McAfee arranged a meeting with Mac-10 at a public venue. McAfee wanted to gain Mac-10's trust, given the fact that he was a gangster of the highest level according to the Belizean government. And John knew that in order to keep things from getting out of hand, he needed Mac-10 in his entourage. Only problem is, John couldn't predict just how out of hand things were about to get. Freaky shit, sir. Freaky shit. Is this the kind of work you'd like to do? Like On the morning of April 30th, 2012, the Belizean Gang Suppression Unit was instructed to raid McAfee's compound. Uh, I woke up at 6 in the morning to 42 armed soldiers in full riot gear carrying automatic weapons. The Belizean government had become increasingly more suspicious of John's whereabouts, given his amped up security presence and overall prominent standing in the community, and you know, the mysterious lab didn't help much either. The Ministry of National Security had reason to believe he was making meth, although the closest substance they could find was a drug akin to MDPV, it was nothing deemed illegal. And that's, that's the, that's so fucking crazy that he was able to get away with that for so long. Of course, they were able to confiscate 10 weapons and over 300 rounds of ammunition, filing a charge that landed McAfee in jail for one night until the charges were dropped the next day with the help of a U.S. embassy. Though John was seemingly cleared by the government, his paranoia would only skyrocket from there. Claiming to spot intimidating figures lurking across the river, John even recalls being held captive by men with guns in the dead of night. Later writing that he was on the run from the GSU, hiding along the beach and doing just about everything he could to avoid his ultimate fear of getting killed. And does that sound like a dude who wants to commit suicide? Because this is not all that long after all of this stuff happens is where he he is arrested. Like after all of this is said and done is when he everything falls apart for him. 
and what wasn't. The 2015 documentary Gringo not only explored John's Belizean activities, but also shed more light onto the potentially dubious and corrupt side of his psyche, as the documentary gave John's partner, Allison Adonisio, a chance to air some of the more damning allegations against the millionaire. Allison had reportedly grown exhausted of the entrepreneur's paranoid-induced exploits the longer she stayed in Belize, and decided she was going to move back to the States, leaving her lab and John behind. Though according to her, he expressed extreme contempt upon hearing the news, which is when he did the unthinkable. When I did go over there, um, <laughs> the conversation did not go as I expected. Allegedly drugging and raping her shortly before she was able to finally flee the country not too long after he had tried to kill her, she says. I told him I had a headache and, and he... He brought me, um, he, you know, he went into the other room and, and he brought me two pills and a glass of orange juice. It tasted foul. I only have sort of flashes of recollection. He was standing over me naked. I grabbed my clothes. I don't even remember taking them off. Adonisio says she quickly fled Belize without telling the local police. She says U.S. authorities told her they had no jurisdiction, so no charges were pursued. Wow. I don't know what to tell you except that I have emotional and physical scars from that experience. Although she claims to have filed That's a report to the up. FBI immediately upon... I, I've heard of this story, and I think I remember his retort to that is that... She just wanted out of uh, of what they were doing. I think they were probably doing some shady shit, and that she wanted out, and he wasn't wasn't letting her out. So then she, uh, I, there was like some sort of argument between them, and then she just made up these rape allegations. I'm I I believe that was his side of the story, but that just sounds ridiculous. So there's if if he's hiring maids to like to sh shit in his mouth then you know, Bill Cosby being a lady is not off the table. And I'm, I'm assuming this guy, if you, got, if you got to see those Epstein Rolodex before they just disappeared, before they got suicided, then I'm sure this guy is probably right there. Returning to America, the FBI has no jurisdiction in Belize and were pretty much rendered useless at that what? time. Now, unlike the... Hold on a second. Did you, did you just say the FBI has... There's, there's no jurisdiction in, in Belize. So he fi he figured this shit out. He thought he was like he researched one of those places. If you have that googled then yeah, you, the FBI should be looking into you. Because if you have where does y the US not extradite to or where does uh where does the US have no reach and and it's Belize, what's happening there? Seriously, people are listening in Belize, and I need to know what the fuck is going on in your backward-ass country that you guys are just like, are you guys like one of those Cayman Island bank account countries that don't actually exist? It's just like a state of mind, and it's like you you live by, like, maritime law, and shit does, do, you guys are all backward and stiff. I, I genuinely want to know what the fuck is going on in Belize that a dude who blatantly it seems like blatantly raped a chick and she immediately went to the police and they were like sorry 
I don't know. You're going to have to deal with the Belizean government. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I guess when you're dealing with a guy who is building half of your infrastructure, when when your entire GDP relies on one man and his endless supply of synthetic drugs and, and uh, wealth, then, yeah, you probably don't want to put him behind bars because I feel like he's going to stop making uh, uh, your, your, your police stations and schools and roads and stuff. Majority of John's story, this was new information that only came to light with the release of the Showtime documentary on his life. John's rebuttal to the allegations came only a day prior to the documentary's debut, writing, Allison turned out to be far more interested in partying than doing actual work. She would not show up at the lab for days at a time. When she did show up, she was hungover and generally useless. He says she went berserk after being fired, locking herself in the lab and destroying all of her own work before catching a plane back home. Alison Adonicio, a mad woman. A mad woman. A mad woman. Well, she claims that you raped her, you right. drugged her and raped her. Well, she can claim whatever she likes. Never had sex with it, certainly never raped her. Of course, this theory <laughs> flies directly in the face of Allison's own testimony. The hard lack of evidence on either side. <laughs> the would... nonchalantness of that, just like, never had sex with it, certainly didn't rape her. <laughs> Believe me, there's a price. <laughs> <laughs> but did she shit in your mouth is the question that that guy needed to ask her. We need to get real interviewers to, to interview this because, because that's something that's left out. It seems like that was part of his sex life. And from, all, from the hookers that we saw earlier, it was like a nine-hour affair. It's just like it seemed like it was like some sting tantric sex where you had to hang upside down from the ceiling and you guys have to come nine times. I don't, I don't see... Uh, I, I don't see what was going on. If he could literally pay an entire country to shit in his mouth, that uh, what the fuck was going on here? I don't, I don't know. I want to know the full story. I would love to just know exactly um, uh, what happened that night to just see if if they were all on a synthetic uh, drug bender and uh, just destroyed the lab and nobody knows what happens. But without a doubt. John did some shady shit because everything he does is shady. If we're going to pretend that whatever happened between these two wasn't shady, it was. So uh, we, we should keep that in mind make the truth almost impossible to determine in a legal context today, which is truly the most unfortunate side of this entire debacle. Either Allison got away with a detrimentally false allegation against the millionaire, or John was able to escape being rightfully prosecuted for rape. But with as little information as we currently have to work with, no one besides the parties involved are really to say what happened. It's a situation that may tragically remain unanswered for a long, long time she seemed rational she was not i find it rather ironic that somebody as unhinged as mcafee would say that i'm unstable i think that i'm pretty strong considering everything that I've had to go through. But that's not the only pressing allegation the media has brought to the forefront. Now, when we talk about John McAfee, the main issue that seems to jump out for most people involves his neighbor, Gregory Fall. The only residents left at McAfee's home are dogs. And dogs may play a central role in this murder mystery. 
<laughs> Greg Fall was a Floridian bar owner who had a tendency to visit Belize over the summers, but living just two houses down from John on Ambergris Key, Greg was never particularly fond of the millionaire's dogs wandering freely around the beach. So much so that he reportedly threatened to shoot them if John couldn't get them to behave. So it was more than clear to everyone in the area that the two weren't exactly the best of friends. Greg was not happy with him and he had had some issues with McAfee. Dude can pay, he can pay to have anyone disappeared off the map except for the, there's only one other person that can do this. And that would be the Clintons. And eventually, if you just keep disappearing people, they're gonna they're gonna realize you're stepping on your territory. So I I can understand that this guy was probably one of the most powerful people in Belize. But when you come up against one of the most powerful people in America, you're gonna get disappeared. And I can see what happened. This guy flew too close to the sun. Then hello, Ralph. I I can see that you're here. If you don't care about McAfee, this is the McAfee Memorial. He's he died. And we have to, uh, we have to find all about what McAfee was. And if you don't know about McAfee, this is going to be a great learning opportunity for you. Her son Greg was disgusted by what McAfee had brought back from the jungle—that harem of women, the armed guards, and especially the swarm of dogs that constantly menaced passersby. He said, "Now we're going to be walking past McAfee's house, and there's going to be dogs there." Now, they're usually fenced up, but he says, I just want to warn you. One peculiar night, reporter Joshua Davis received a phone call from John, alerting him that his dogs had just been poisoned. Now, given the history of the two, it wouldn't exactly be unreasonable to look towards one peculiar neighbor as the culprit, except that same peculiar neighbor would end up shot lying in a pool of his own blood just days later. And there you go. That is the reason why you have to get you got to respect this dude. If you don't, if you if you don't shoot your neighbor for poisoning your dog, I don't respect you as a human. You you need to go to jail. And if a judge doesn't give you a little bit of uh, leeway on that, then fuck that judge. Whatever. You got to do time for that cuz if you if your dog gets poisoned and you know it's your neighbor, you go and you go and hunt them. You do it outback style, like just just when you're in the middle of the fucking woods, like back in 1930s Delaware. You treat it like that. You know what? A sheriff would just take the the, the like somebody that they knew was a, a a criminal, but they just couldn't convict him. All of a sudden, he would just get disappeared. That's what you need to do to your neighbor if he poisons your dog. And you know what? Some the story just goes up and down. Sometimes he's a rapist. Sometimes he's a hero. It's very hard to tell where he landed. If you if you are a hero, you got to die young. Otherwise, you're going to live long enough to become a villain. And that's what happened to John McAfee. <laughs> Gregory Fall was assassinated shortly after. What is going on in Belize? And how are we the number fucking five or four podcast there? What's going on? Well, you guys are hacking up people. Well, you guys are murdering people in cold blood in the street for poisoning your dogs. You guys are just listening to the Clever Name podcast. You know what? Respect. If anybody out there is currently listening to this while murdering their neighbor... Give us a review on iTunes, you know, just say shout, shout out to uh, CNP for helping me get through that. Well, I was hacking up my neighbor. Uh, it was a real tough time, but you guys, you guys, it took me three hours, so I got to listen for a long time. It was great.
Don's dogs had been killed. The Belizean police concluded that Greg's death was the result of an execution-style gunshot wound to the head. Seeing that none of his belongings had been taken, his house, living room, everything remained perfectly intact. This was clearly the work of a hijab, and naturally, all suspicion fell on John himself. Software company founder John McAfee says he's hiding in Belize and on the run from authorities. McAfee founded the antivirus program that bears his name. He's considered a person of interest in the shooting death of an American who was his neighbor in that Central American country. Upon becoming a person of interest in the murder of Gregory Fall, John McAfee went on the run. In fact, when the cops came to his house for questioning, he was hiding under the sand with a box over his head. He stayed there for almost three hours, convinced the government was finally coming to torture Dude, that's a and big kill brain according to him upon way to hide news. from the cops you dig a hole in the sand and you put a box over your head who thinks of that this guy's insane he goes from one end of the spectrum to the other he's either the dumbest human being or the smartest and I think there's honestly very it's they're closer together than you think like honestly, the 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 person who you might think is the dumbest person might come up with something like uh, antivirus for computers in the future, and then you give that dumb person who likes to get shit in his mouth a shit ton of money where he can literally control the Belizean government. That's going to be a problem, I think of Gregory's death was that the Belizean government wrongfully put out a hit on Greg thinking it was McAfee. After the relentless denial of shooting his neighbor, John was so deathly afraid of the police that he went off the grid. Despite the Belizean government making him a top priority in their search, John McAfee somehow managed to slip through the Guatemalan border with one of his girlfriends. But then he kind of f***ed himself by agreeing to a face-to-face -face interview with Vice. They're trying to arrest me for coming into the country John McAfee was eventually tracked down and arrested by Interpol in well, Guatemala, no with Vice News actually capturing the entire altercation on camera in 2012. It's true John had evaded the law numerous times in the past, but here he was, detained at long last, waiting to be shipped back to Belize to be investigated for a murder he may or may not have been involved in. But like I said, John was no stranger to evading the law and faked a heart attack to buy his lawyer enough time to file an appeal on his deportation. His lawyer big was brain. eventually able to take very, control very of the situation move. and instead of being sent back to Belize, John was flown off to Florida, releasing him from the dreaded clutch of the Belizean government and freeing him of any potential murder charges related to the death of his neighbor. They couldn't investigate him if he weren't in the country and even if he were, Belizean police don't exactly have the type of forensic technology we Boom. do. The most damning theory in Insinuated by the 2015 documentary had to do with McAfee hiring his then bodyguard Mac 10 to assassinate Fall in his home. This man, McAfee's beachfront caretaker named Cashin, alleges his boss paid to have it done. This Thursday night, the dogs were poisoned. The following morning, sometime around 9 o'clock, John called me. He said, um, take this money, $5,000 and go put it in this guy's account. Cashin says the man who got okay. that money Maybe he just shat in his mouth last night. You don't know. Pick him up. I him coming out of the bushes. It was like 600 feet from Greg's house. Then I realized that this $5,000 was for him to do that. To do what? Uh, to kill the guy. You know. 
Mac 10 is the one who allegedly received the five grand. Now, McAfee was quick to shut down this supposed scenario, citing evidence of Nanette paying those interviewed in the documentary to lie. Although Nanette then accused John of doing the same thing once his former caretaker retracted his earlier statement after the release of the documentary. He got 12,000, and but he was smart enough to make up a story that nobody would believe except Nanette. Because she's the most naive woman I've ever met. John had nothing to do with that murder. What I told you, Nanette, was a fabrication to earn what you offered to pay me. I called him immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Do you hear the difference? You hear the difference between those two? The first one, where where they're in an interview, he's like, well, yeah, I saw him coming out of the bushes, and and I offered them five thousand. I, I took five thousand dollars and put it into his account, and then I figured it out. He was like, "Oh my god, this guy is a murderer." And then the second one is everything I said was a lie, and I fabricated it to make the money. Period. Yes. <laughs> which one do you? Which one are we supposed to believe? Which one? Which one do you think really happened? Or did this guy just make $12,000 for lying twice or telling the truth once? And we just have to guess. Said, listen, why did you do this? And he said, someone showed up at my house that works for John. They offered me thousands of dollars to say this. People in Belize understand why Cassian and the others have to say that they made it all up because their lives possibly could be in danger. Although it would seem McAfee would be found liable of his neighbor's death years later, he has outwardly refused to pay the $25 million filed by Fall's family despite being ordered by a federal judge. According to McAfee, he hasn't responded to a single one of his 37 lawsuits over the past 11 years and doesn't yeah, intend- But what are they, okay, what are they doing? They're, they're, we just realized that the federal government couldn't prosecute him for rape charges. Why do you keep trying to prosecute him for fucking... I get that this one, this $25 million one is a big dumb, but I'm sure a lot of the other stuff is just petty little stuff that they're trying to get him for, like like tax evasion or whatever. It's... He's in Belize, and you guys know that he doesn't give a fuck about you guys when he is uh, living in a place that doesn't extradite to the states. That's fucking insane that you guys keep doing... Oh, wow, he's not responding to the lawsuits from a, a government that he doesn't live in and doesn't give a shit about and actually is, like, abandoned. I don't even think he kept his American citizenship at this point. He fucking bailed on his country and moved to Belize and then snuck into Guatemala. Do you really think he gives a shit about your fucking parking tickets that you're trying to give him? No. Into either on account that they've all been quote frivolous, even though judges are required to decide for the plaintiff if I do not respond. I refuse to play the legal extortion game aimed at America's wealthy class, he later <laughs> stated. I was never charged with the murder by Belizean authorities or any other authority. It was a suit based entirely on media reporting. Since then, John has vehemently denied having anything to do with the murder, and amongst a barrage of media coverage, he has yet to face any legal battle backlash for whatever may or may not have occurred in Belize. Let me be clear. Okay. I have nothing to do 
absolutely nothing with the murder in Belize. Whether the real truth will ever come out, we may never know. Until then, we're just going to have to speculate based off the facts that we do know, which is especially unfortunate when you have a family unable to properly grieve the loss given the open case nature of Gregory's death. I think you can... Okay. I think you can still... He was still murdered. You can still grieve it. Whether or not you know if fucking uh, the guy next door murdered him. And it's like... It's like, I'm pretty sure the people who were killed by, like, crazy dictators in the past, they still got to grieve it. It's just a fucked up situation. It's like, oh, yeah, if he if he paid the $25 million, then you'd probably, you'd be able to finally let go. Oh, finally, it'd be, it'd be good. The Belizean government gets, or, or the American government even, gets $25 million. Whoop-de-fucking-do. If that McAfee was involved, you're, you're convinced that McAfee was involved? Not entirely, but 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 why would he run? Why did he not answer the questions? And if if he has nothing to hide, why doesn't he speak? It's very frustrating to find that that that, that he gets all the attention, and my son's kind of a prop for his for his infamy. That were killed by the government. You were neighbors with this guy who threatened to poison your dog. And then- oh, that's and this is the official podcast. This is crazy. He goes. He tries to just be in the limelight way too much. That's a problem. I guess. I guess you want to be out there enough that people are aware of you. But like, man, he could have just buried his head in the sand and put a box over it, and he would have been fine. And your dog did end up getting poisoned. And then the guy yes. who allegedly poisoned your dogs was allegedly murdered. Now. I don't see a big problem with that. I can see why other people would have a problem with this. <laughs> okay. Go He's trying to implicate you, John. Don't listen to cop. Yeah. He's no, doing I'm, the good cop, bad cop. I'm just saying, if hypothetically you supposedly, allegedly had done this, I understand. I mean, if somebody poisoned my dog, I'd be pretty fucking pissed off too. Respect. See, dude, you gotta respect the dude who cares so, about his dog that much. Caring person. I've been, I've been running through jungles and rivers and oceans, and um, I think I need to rest for a while. John McAfee has since retained a pretty typical celebrity status upon returning to the states, barring a few <laughs> minor statements. Uh, Mary- Wait, what did that say? Returning to the states, barring a few <laughs> minor. We had to serve our relationship with sever our oh Scott sever our relationship with McAfee after his irresponsible tweets about whale fucking. Oh right, his tweets uh, about whale fucking. So his whale fucking tweets were honestly one of the best things that I've ever seen. Uh, he, I don't know if this is true. John McAfee claims that if you can fuck a whale, then it's consensual. And I've been down this fucking road before, and I don't know if I agree, but I don't necessarily disagree. 
which is like it's his his this is this is John McAfee's argument on the subject. He said that a whale is like a bajillion pounds and can dive down in deep into the ocean. If a man can successfully fuck it, then it's consensual. And I don't necessarily agree. Like he almost had me. If you just on the surface of that, you're like, well, that kind of does make sense. But it's like, I don't know. We're we are humans, and we are smarter. There's a way that you could just like we we have made a world just of the sea on land, so we can all go out and visit it. So it's like he we could we could make a, some sort of weird whale fucking factory where where people could go, and that's no longer consensual. But I guess. If you're just scuba diving down in the deep and you can manage to mount a whale and he doesn't just instantly murder you, then maybe he's into it. He's not all wrong. He's not all wrong about uh, what he's saying. But here's the exact tweet uh, I have. He said, this is on Twitter, uh, enough of the whale fucking is non-consensual. Bullshit. A humpback whale weighs 70,000 pounds, it's 50 feet long, and can dive more than a quarter mile and can crush ships with a single swipe of its tail. If a human manages to fuck one, you damn well better believe it's consensual. And that's not even the first tweet in the series. He had multiple tweets about this shit where he was like, he was like, oh, there's a there's a group of, of people who uh, go and find whales to fuck and uh it's it's like a sport it's whale it's more than whale harpooning i actually believe if i never read it but i believe that's what moby dick was about but if we if we look at it uh he's posting on twitter literal pictures of people on whales that seem like they're fucking them but every single one that i've found was a dead whale and that's no longer uh consensual if you're if you're fucking a dead whale, that's definitely not consensual. But um, apparently, there is a website that is called WhaleFuckers.com, and he was uh, he got uh, in a little bit of heat from them. So I don't know if this is this is like a movement to make whale fucking consensual. But hey, um, yeah, that's what the whole whale fucking tweets about. Wife Janice, who he actually met just a day after arriving in Miami from Guatemala. Still, John has managed to make waves on social media, particularly with a bizarre viral video where he jokes about how to uninstall his own software from your computer. Mm, depending on which edition and version of McAfee's anti-malware software is installed on your computer, you may have to click on remove, uninstall, or a similarly named option to begin the uninstall process. Um, when finished, reboot the system. John, are you getting this? Yeah, yeah, yes. Pretty good. But that's not all he's been up to. He's also made the rounds amongst cryptocurrency circles with his abundance of input on Bitcoin and other forms of crypto technology. In 2016, John McAfee threw his hat in the ring for president of the United States. Like, and if you didn't vote for him, fuck you. Actually, I mean, this, despite all of his baggage, he was a legitimate candidate or, you know, a legitimate candidate for libertarian standards. Should someone have to have a government issued license to drive a car? No. Hell no. What's next? Requiring a license to make toast in your own damn toaster? Woo! Fuck yeah! Gotta, gotta get an amen, people! Dude, what? What's next? You gonna need a license to breathe? 
Are you gonna need what? Are you gonna need a nexus to walk down the street? What? A next nexus? The government gonna lock you in your house and say that you can't do your do a job or get a haircut? Is that what the, is that what's gonna happen? You're gonna need a license to go inside. Are you gonna need some sort of passport to get into a concert to show that you've been vaccinated or something? No. I believe that licenses are ridiculous. Thank you. The license to drive? You know, I'd like to see some competency exhibited by people before they drive. Boo. He's considered the front runner for most of his candidacy until a surprise victory from Gary Johnson. Although he swore to run again in 2020, his campaign was kind of offset by him and his staff being indicted for tax-related felonies. From there, he went into a self-imposed exile at the beginning of 2019, running his campaign from international waters, or nice. maybe Venezuela, or Cuba. I, I, I have no idea, actually. Sadly, I don't think he's going to be doing much MDPV from the Oval Office anytime soon. I think the fundamental difference between myself and every other contender in every party is that I have no shame. Yes, I've been in jail. I've taken drugs, more drugs than you in the audience can ever fucking carry. Everything that I have done, I own. I think he met his wife when she was a prostitute in Miami. <laughs> I'm sorry, kids, if you're watching this. But anyways, I said to him, would he like a blowjob? Oh, my God. He he, Richard geared her. He pretty he pretty womaned her. Oh, my God. He, it's like it's pretty woman with poop. That's an oh, my God. That's a way better story. It's like have they done a because honestly, if anybody has this out there, please send this to me. Have they done a scat porn version of pretty woman? Because. Uh, we had potential there because I'm pretty sure that's just the life story of... Because he hired prostitutes to shit in his mouth. And if he locked down this prostitute, what the fuck was she doing? What kind of fucking deranged shit was she into that he was like, alright, I, I need to lock this one down for life. She's a keeper. Like, what more could you do than having a shit hammock? A shit hammock is like the, the 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 epitome of weirdo shit. Like you hear about those guys who jerk off in the closet with the with the rope around their neck or whatever. There's a lot of weird shit that can happen. There's ball gags. There's 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 I've we've found a thing on the show called the buddy plug where you can insert something into the tip of your dick hole and plug it into the other person's dick hole so you guys can be closer or something. I don't know what the fuck that's for, but they exist. But I think at the top of all of that is a hammock that you can shit into another person's mouth. And he owned that and used it regularly with multiple women who were willing to come on camera and admit that they did it. So that means there's a hundred girls out there living with that shame. Just sometimes still scrubbing their tongue. You know they have some sort of crazy tooth care regimen because they just can picture it. They, they had to... They know that they're shitting into somebody's mouth when he's down there making yummy noises underneath a hammock because he's not just sitting there silently, so you know what's happening, and it's starting to get muffled. When, when it starts to get muffled, then you know what's happening, and any gargling noises that you hear, like... <laughs> he's trying to swallow the shit in his mouth, and you know what's going on. You have to live with that. That's a sound that you hear. Sometimes when you turn on the garbage disposal, you'll mis mistake that's what's going on. And that's something that you have to live with from now until you die. I'm so sorry for you. 
But you know what? I'm sure there's going to be a support group that you guys all can get together. This the victims of Epstein and the victim of of McAfee. They all get together and and talk about how horrible of a person Bill Clinton is. Because he looked like he needed one. He, you know, he looked worn and he looked like he had just been through the biggest battle of his life. Wait a second. Did she just say, "Hey, do you like a? Would you like a blowjob? You look." You look like you're 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 down in the dumps. It's if you're watching this. But anyways, I said to him, "Would he like a blowjob?" Because <laughs> he looked like he needed one. So that's the key. That's all you got to do out there. That's all you got to do to just just get a random blowjob offered to you is just look like you need one. I don't exactly know how to do that, but hey, there's the tip. <laughs> he. <laughs> You know, he looked worn, and he looked like he had just been through the biggest battle of his life. You know, something went wrong. Fifteen years ago, I had some beautiful software, and they took it over. I don't know what they did. It was like the time I hired that Bangkok prostitute to do my taxes while I fucked my accountant. Regardless of what you think of him, John McAfee is a spectacle of a human being. Or a garbage fire. Or a genius. Or a murder. Garnering a barrage of He's media both. coverage with many He's of his both. outrageous antics. His eccentric persona has grabbed the attention of filmmakers, documentarians, media outlets, and more. To me, John McAfee is always willing to put on a show, whether that be for good or for evil. It feels as if John understands that laws are enforced differently in different areas of the world. That's he not creepy. only knows how to avoid serious investigations, he knows just how to cater to the right people in order to get what he wants. You gotta know somebody's so fucked up when they know that shit. When you, if somebody just casually brings up to you like where you can get away with different murders and shit, then look into it. Why do they know that information? Because if they don't have a good reason, like right off the top, like be like, why do you know that? And if they just go like, I don't know, and they don't have a specific reason at the top of their head right then. Something's going on. They're in the, they're in human trafficking or something. We've seen I've seen uh, the billboards that we need to all stop human trafficking. Those are the people that are doing it. People that know weird laws in weird countries need to have an explanation. You better have one ready. Otherwise, I think you're human trafficking. He understands the inner workings of various international governments. Hence why he's been able to avoid prosecution so many times. It's why he still has a sizable following to this day. When a person comes off so charming, sometimes it's hard to overlook that charm and investigate any dirty laundry with more of an objective lens. In terms of John, one of his prime talents is framing his own narrative, as put by documentarian Annette Burstein. Trying to dig deep enough into McAfee's treacherous history is difficult on its own given the lack of hard evidence for the most damning of accusations. Whether or not we'll ever know the truth of his Belizean schemes will remain a mystery for the unforeseeable future, making John McAfee himself just as elusive as his past. Damn it. That was fucking awesome. That was goddamn beautiful. That was seriously... If you don't follow uh, Jay Aubrey, he makes some great documentaries. I saw this one a while ago, like a long time before uh, McAfee died or anything like that. Um, but it was it was unbelievable, and I started looking up everything that happened. 
uh, right now. And what seemed to happen after all of this was said and done, he got charged for smuggling guns or like allegedly he, he had a warrant for uh, smuggling guns. And then he uh, was arrested in Spain and then he, uh, he uh, like we, we didn't know what was going on with him for a, a while. So I looked up the arrest report for uh, what exactly happened to him. But it seemed like he uh, he was charged with a bunch of stuff like in the documentary said that was like uh, tax evasion and, and things like that that were all like post-dated stuff from way long ago. And then there was uh, he apparently invested in, in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency super early because fuck, of course he would. And he made a fuck ton of money off of that stuff. And he didn't report any of it uh, for tax reasons. So he was charged in Tennessee for tax evasion and uh, hiding cryptocurrency. And then he put he posted a tweet about it. And that was the most confusing part. He said that McAfee had their hands in it. So the, the tweet says, I have it right here. Uh, the tweet says... The U.S. believes I've hidden crypto. I wish I did, but it dissolved through the many hands of the team of Team McAfee, uh, and the remaining assets are all seized. My friends evaporated through fear of association. I have nothing, yet I regret nothing. Which, again, doesn't sound like a dude who's trying to commit suicide days later, which is so fucking weird. So he is arrested in in Spain and is about to be extradited to the US. It was just approved the day before that he was going to be extradited to the states and then he commits suicide. Because I don't I, so there's a couple of theories rattling around. It would be that uh he was scared that what was going to happen to him in the states once he went to a prison in the states, then the the scary hands behind the scene can get to him there. And there's no escape for him, so then he just offed himself. Or it was that he uh, got uh, Clintoned. He got somebody, somebody who was using. He had his hands on something that uh, was was detrimental to somebody that was way higher up. That's what the, that's what it sounds like. And th- with his access, I wouldn't doubt that he put some sort of. There's some sort of way for him to access McAfee servers still. I wouldn't doubt that he's some sort of insane asshole that always had a back route in and can access things in there and maybe has information from there that would be uh, that he can use to hang over people's head and get them to uh, uh, shit in his mouth. I don't exactly know, but I'm super interested in this entire story. He's now dead and I'm sure nobody's going to investigate it. It's going to be one of those situations where the camera was off and nobody else saw it. The guards were all napping or watching Netflix or something. And he just, it, it, it just it was a super weird thing. I don't know. He was once in a lifetime way of killing yourself. We usually have these things padded and they're in straight jackets, but he wiggled his way out and uh, execution style shot himself in the back of the head. I don't know how he got a gun, but he did it. That's the kind of weird shit that's going to come out and then everyone's going to forget because... All of the shit that he did before, that's the problem. He was so insane before that nobody's going to be like, well, he probably just snapped and killed himself. It's pretty easy to just blatantly kill somebody like this now because why the fuck not? He's, he, it's, 
on record that he was into scat porn. And you know what? When you have weird shit like that in your background, people can blame you when you're dead. If you were weird in life, people can blame you for weird shit after you're dead because they just go, well, you did that, so he must be, he's probably fucking super weird. But that's that's pretty much all I had on McAfee. McAfee... Uh, was he, was he a murderer? Was he a rapist? Was he a legend? Was he a genius? Was he all of them? Probably, probably the answer is probably to all of them. <laughs> Just cause I don't, I have no fucking clue what's going on there because all sides of the stories are probably lying. Everybody's lying. Uh, no, nothing is true. And, uh, I don't believe any of it other than he liked to get shit in his mouth only for the reason that I find it super hilarious. That's the only reason that I choose to believe that. Other than that, I believe it's all fucking bullshit. So hopefully the Clintons haven't gotten to uh, Martin and Jack uh, fully. They'll be maybe they'll recover, or I'll let everybody know if Martin takes a turn for the worse. Then we know he is getting McAfee slash Epstein slash Martin, and uh, it might be all over. We might just have to fucking listen to me every goddamn week, and that's gonna be brutal. Imagine listening to this. <laughs> cringe anyway uh thanks everybody for tuning in and clicking all the buttons that mean good i don't know just hang out because i'm just gonna hang out after and i don't know do some stuff so if you want to hang out after the live show you just come and hang out other than that if you're just listening keep your shit together hey yo it's the clever 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 name clever name clever name podcast hey yo know when y'all want that clever name podcast 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 it's over johnny it's over <laughs> <laughs>